It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRike Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. This is your injury report update edition of Locked On Packers. You may be listening to it. Friday evening, you may be listening to it Saturday, you may be listening to it Sunday. It'd be weird if you listen Monday because theoretically the game will have already happened. But before we get to the injury news, we have to get to the biggest Browns-Packers related story of the week. And oddly, it doesn't even involve Aaron Rodgers. It involves the Cleveland Browns firing their head of personnel, Sashi Brown, which would have been a story in itself, that would have been big enough for me to lead the show with it. And it seemed like a mistake because it wasn't the talent on the roster that was the problem. It was the coach. The team is is not untalented. But what they are are undisciplined. They're in the wrong places. They're being utilized in strange ways. They're consistently botching situational football. I talked about it yesterday. This is probably the worst situational team in the league, which is almost entirely a reflection of coaching. And not only is the coach going to stay, he may stay even beyond next season, which is what was said in the press conference when they announced John Dorsey's hiring as the new head of personnel for the Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson is going to stay. They said they'd like to have Hugh Jackson for a long time. That means Hugh won in the fight between Hugh and Sashi. He won. The coach won. Despite the fact that it is a talented roster, they did bring in good players, and the coach has been unable to mold them in any sort of important or material way. So that part of it is just strange. Now, they get a great general manager in John Dorsey, obviously a former Packer, a Ted Thompson protege, and he's going to have a ton to work with. He'll he'll have the most cap space in football, a bunch of top picks, including multiple first-rounders that could be in the top 10 even this year. So there's a lot to work with here. I did I took some grief on, on Twitter for saying that I didn't think that this was a very good job as far as GM jobs go. Obviously, there's only 32 of them, so... You only have so many of these jobs. They're all good in the way that they're better than not having a job, which is what John Dorsey had. 
but you have an owner there who has just fired someone after less than two years. He has shown a quick trigger in the past. The, the organization is in utter dysfunction and has been for, what, since the 80s? I mean, they literally left town, and now they reappear, and it's the same old Browns. The coach will undermine you to the press and leak reports that, oh, Hugh wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, Hugh wanted Deshaun Watson, Hugh wanted Carson Wentz, whatever. We'll know who's really in charge of this team if A.J. McCarron is the quarterback of this team week one of next year because we'll know Hugh Jackson got his way. It, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Green Bay this week because the players mostly tune this stuff out. I don't know how it'll affect Hugh Jackson. I don't think he was a good coach before this. I don't think he's going to be a good coach after this. I don't think he's suddenly going to become a good coach. He's 1-27 in in Cleveland. His tenure in Oakland ended ingloriously in part because he insisted on having Carson Palmer for multiple top picks, and that turned out to be a disaster. Reggie McKenzie had to go in and clean up utter cap hell in part because Carson Palmer was making a bajillion dollars and was bad. So I don't see any evidence to suggest that that this is going to go well in Cleveland, although I do have a lot of respect for John Dorsey. It does, it does affect the Packers in the same way that it does any team that thought they had a chance to have John Dorsey. Bob McGinn had reported that he was the projected replacement for Ted Thompson. It's possible that now it seems that that replacement is further down the line than, than maybe Dorsey originally thought it would be, or maybe than the Packers originally thought it would be. Ted Thompson looks like he... Had a good draft. The 2015, 2016, 2017, there's some good players that have come out of this draft. So what does it mean for, for the Packers moving forward? It just means they're going to have to find someone else. Elliot Wolf was considered a candidate as well for the Browns job. That was reported, though other reports that, that suggest this has been going on and, and been vetting for weeks the Browns have with John Dorsey suggests that some of the names that were floated were, were either not ever seriously considered or were were floated just to say that they interviewed other people for reasons like satisfying the Rooney rule that says you have to interview minority candidates. Everyone wondered how did you how did you fire and hire a coach in the span of a day with with satisfying the Rooney rule? Well, apparently they did. Apparently the the Dorsey conversation had been going on for a while and apparently Sashi had been told weeks ago that he would be out. How does it affect this team on Sunday? I don't think it has any bearing. But it, it's a, a big enough news story that it has to be addressed before we get to the nitty-gritty of what's actually going on on the field. And speaking of on the field, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast. I am grateful for those of you who have left reviews. I do read them. I do appreciate them. I always appreciate feedback. You can always give me feedback uh, on Twitter, in the review section, but but please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, uh, give us five stars, and if you put your name and your Twitter handle in your review, you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription that gets you access to NFL draft content, player grades, tools, charts, mountains of data that would normally be behind the paywall that you could get for free, and all you have to do is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. 
David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better this is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, we have some injury updates on the Packers side, and then we'll get to the Brown side because there's enough here that I think we have to split it up that way. Devon House is doubtful. Mike McCarthy said as much. He, he uh, didn't practice this week with a shoulder injury, so he's probably not going to play. That leaves really just two corners with any sort of high levels of experience, and, and Josh Hawkins, that is being generous. But Josh Hawkins has played meaningful NFL snaps before. Demarius Randall, obviously. And then Lindsey Pipkins, who's played at times, and who whose talent I really, really like. Longtime listeners of this show will know I am a big Lindsey Pipkins fan. And then Donatello Brown is the other corner. Now, the hope would be you don't have to get to that fourth corner in this game, in, in particular because the Browns just don't go deep enough at receiver for that to be something that you have to worry about. Morgan Burnett is going to be the slot corner. That's just, it is... It is the reality of the situation. I think you're going to see Demarius Randall mostly to Josh Gordon's side. You're going to see Josh Hawkins mostly to Corey Coleman's side. And you'll see Burnett in the slot when that's something that needs to happen. Now, interestingly, the Browns just cut Kenny Britt on Friday. So that leaves their third their third receiver is either Ricardo Lewis or Richard Higgins. That Not someone that anyone has to be concerned about at this point. So putting Burnett in the slot shouldn't have any adverse effects on this defense overall. If there's going to be a week to put your starting corner on IR and your other starting corner to miss the game, this is not a bad week for it. Not just because the receivers, the class is not deep or the, the group is not deep, but because the quarterback is bad. Deshaun Kaiser is is really bad. 
So, and not just that, Demetri Goodson, who who the Packers activated off PUP this week, he is hurt as well. Again, a different injury. He's got a hamstring injury. Now, the good news is Josh Hawkins is a 4-3-9 speed guy, so putting him out there with Corey Coleman is not going to be a huge problem. What will get complicated is if Lindsey Pipkins has to play, like if Demarius Randall gets hurt, and now you're playing with, with backups to the backups to the backups to the backups. Luckily, again, Deshaun Kaiser, not very good. Now, Nick Perry is questionable. Despite not practicing all week, it may be one of those situations. It may be a, a Charles Woodson situation where he doesn't practice all week, but the expectation is he's going to play. But the good news is Ahmad Brooks has been a full participant lately in practice. He's back and and has done some good things. So with Matthews being healthy, Brooks being healthy, Fackrell is, is making some plays lately. I, I have not highlighted it probably as much as I should have, frankly, because he's he has taken a lot of grief from me. And I think deservedly so. But he is, he's done some nice things the last few weeks. He had the block on the punt. He's gotten pressure at times. So, you know, how much Vince Beagle can even get on the field, I think, is an open question. I'd like to see him. And he'll get in. He'll get some rotation. But this is going to be a base personnel type game for Green Bay. Jake Ryan, back. He's healthy. That's great news. Kenny Clark, back. Healthy. That's great news. So you're going to see a lot of base personnel from Green Bay because you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets from the Browns. This is going to be a lot of we're going to line up with heavy personnel against your heavy personnel and see who wins. Green Bay is one of the best run defending teams in the league, and so they have the upper hand here. Isaiah Crowell is solid. Duke Johnson is a good little player. But I think you're going to see Green Bay, on, a, on especially on first down, there's going to be eight guys in the box. They're going to bring Josh Jones down, and they're going to dare the Browns to throw it. I think you're going to see a lot of that 4-3 look with Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, and then Nick Perry if he can go, but Ahmad Brooks if he can't. And then off the line, you'll have Matthews, Jake Ryan, and Blake Martinez. And you're going to see Cleveland try and isolate David Njoku on Jake Ryan, on Martinez, on Clay, and and see if they can get some, some plays that way. I think you'll also expect to see a lot of Josh Jones on Njoku. Those guys know each other from the ACC, so that could be that could be a fun matchup. They are both freak athletes, so that could be a fun matchup. But defensively is where Green Bay is is most infirm, if you don't count the quarterback position. And so the good news for them is Cleveland offense is really bad and poorly coached and undisciplined. And they're terrible on third down. They're terrible in the red zone. Both both places where Green Bay really struggles. So that's the good news. It is weak weakness on weakness. Can Green Bay just be marginally better? And they should be. Before we move on to the Browns injuries, I wanna I wanna remind you about our podcast earlier in the week, Opponent Wednesday with Jeff Lloyd, the host of Lockdown Browns. You should check out that show. They've had a lot of conversations this week about the Packers and obviously uh, more discussion about John Dorsey, about Sashi Brown, and, and all of the things going on in the Browns organization. Um, they do a really great job. They're very active. They're very engaging with their audience. And so this would be a great opportunity for you to check out a new podcast just, you know, just for a week and see what they have to offer. Because as I've said all week, this is a weird game against a weird team. And so to have a little bit more insight and perspective, I think, would would frankly do us all a little bit of good. 
This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. Now, in terms of injuries for the Browns, there are some potentially very important and and impactful injuries on the Browns injury report. Jabril Peppers is doubtful he is the starting free safety. And although he hasn't been great this year, he is talented and he's their starter. So what does that tell you? He hasn't been great and he's their starter. That means the guy behind him is worse. And so that's a problem for Cleveland. Brian Body Calhoun, who is their third corner, their slot corner, he is dealing with an injury. He didn't practice most of the week. He's limited as questionable, or he was limited on Friday and listed as questionable on the injury report. And then Danny Shelton, who is their best interior defensive lineman, their big run-stuffing former first-round pick, has a chest injury. He hasn't practiced all week. He's listed as questionable. I don't think it should be expected that If he can go, he can play very many snaps. I think, frankly, it's unlikely, especially a chest injury with a guy that big who relies so much on his power in his upper body to be able to go and and play meaningful snaps for them. And that's that's huge for their run defense. I told you, they're the number one run defense by DVOA. If they lose Danny Shelton, they have some really talented guys behind him. Caleb Brantley, Larry Ogunjobi are very good. They're very athletic but they don't have the same sort of power and beef on the inside. And then to lose to a starter and a rotation, important key cog, third corner is basically a starter on on any NFL team, especially on a team playing Green Bay because they're going to play three receivers so much. To not have those two guys, that's a big win for Brett Hundley. He needs to have a good game because the run game is going to have some issues. Aaron Jones has shown the ability to transcend some blocking. He, He played... So well in that Saints game, despite the fact that the offensive line was dealing with bad footing, he made a lot of guys miss. He made a lot of somethings out of a lot of nothings in that game. And so if he can do that against the Browns, then maybe it's a little a little less of an issue. But Green Bay needs to throw the ball in this game because that is where the weakness of this Browns defense lies. And this is also the last audition for Brett Hundley. The Packers would like to be able to turn him into something if they can. Now, it seems like more likely that they will keep him through the offseason, groom him, and let him be their backup. 
I think it's it's overstated how bad he has been, but also in some ways telling. I don't think they need a better backup. I don't think, you know, Pete Doherty talked about it earlier in the week. Would they be seven and five right now with a veteran or with a with a Brian Hoyer or with a Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, maybe. Maybe one extra win. And maybe that one extra win would be critical because it would mean that they wouldn't have to run the slate. Or if they did run the slate, they'd be 11-5 and five instead of 10-6. and six, And they'd be definitely in versus maybe in. But I think this, this experience has been essential for Brett Hundley's development. I think it's so hard to develop a quarterback without getting snaps and without playing consistently. And so this is all good experience for Brett Hundley. And if in Week 17 against the Lions, they, they have no shot of making the playoffs... Rodgers should sit. It should be Brett Hundley again. He should be getting as many reps as you can give him. Because at worst, you want to feel good about him being your backup quarterback. Fifth round pick, you didn't you didn't gamble much. Let him continue to sit, continue to learn, to get better. He's not a key cog moving forward, but having a backup quarterback is important, especially Aaron Rodgers. He's had some injuries. 2010, he missed time. 2013, he missed time. 2017, he's missed time. He missed time early in his career a lot. Now, he wasn't he wasn't a starter, but he was hurt. It's reasonable to expect that as he gets older, he's going to be more at risk. He needs to manage his game better, but but the Anthony Barr hit was not something that, that he, you can really avoid. Maybe you look at someone like Tom Brady, who, who does most of his damage from the pocket and occasionally will step up. He takes less hits, but he's... He's taken plenty of hits from in the pocket this year, especially. I mean, it just happens. So, Brett Hundley needs to have a good performance to give this team a chance to make the playoffs. They need to beat the Cleveland Browns, and I think they will. The Browns lost 19-10 to last week, but the Chargers really, that game could have been much, much worse for the Browns. The Chargers really controlled that game for, for most of it. I mean, that could have easily been a 31-10 game. Now, I don't think it's going to be that. I think I think 21-13, 24-13. I don't think the Browns are going to be able to score because Green Bay is going to be able to stop the run, and Deshaun Kaiser's bad. This is the worst quarterback they've faced. I know last week I said this is the worst defense they've faced with the Buccaneers, and Brett Hundley couldn't get anything done, but... Did they did they kill the Bucks on the ground? Yes, they did. The Packers can be a balanced team. We've seen Brett Hundley do some things with his arm, make some plays, especially in big spots, and he's made some plays with his with his legs. I hope Mike McCarthy allows him to continue to run the ball. That's you need to call that zone read six, eight, ten times a game. Make the defense think about it, and then go to the RPO off it. I know it's in the playbook. Call it. Because we're going to see an offense from Hugh Jackson with Deshaun Kaiser where they get creative with his legs. They give him opportunities to run. And I'd like to see Mike McCarthy. I mean, this is it. This is the last game. You don't have to worry about him after this game. Because either Aaron Rodgers comes back and you have a chance at the playoffs or your season's over. So let him go. Take the take the handcuffs off. This is it. This is his last chance. So... Let him leave it all on the field. I think McCarthy is going to let Hunley sling it. And I, I'm happy with that. I, I'm, I'm fine putting confidence in your young quarterback, but put him in the best position to succeed, which means giving him opportunities to run. Give him opportunities to do what he does best. Every time, I've said this before, 
it's not hyperbole. Every time that Hunley has kept the ball on these zone reads, he's picked up a first down. Every time. And and at least twice, a defensive lineman or a linebacker had him dead to rights in the backfield, and he just ran away from him. This is what he does. This is what he's good at. And he has some talent throwing outside the numbers. And I think because usually you have one-on-one coverage out there, he's not worried about throwing it into traffic in the middle of the field. Look, I get it. Brett Hundley plays quarterback the way I play Madden quarterback. I don't like throwing to the middle of the field in Madden. I don't like it. Because for whatever reason, the computer likes to mess around and things get more muddled in the middle of the field. And the key to throwing in the middle of the field is making sure you have the right trajectory. And in Madden, you just can't, you can't really control that as well. And so sometimes the CPU will do silly things to you and it'll be mad. But if you throw the sidelines, if you throw outside the numbers, it's harder for those things to happen. And that is where Brett Hundley has made his best plays. The touchdown to Devontae Adams against the Bears. The clincher against the Bears with Devontae. The touchdown to Devontae against the Steelers. Is this all, is there, is there a pattern here? Down the field on the right side where the Browns are the worst team in football defending. The worst The worst team in football defending the right side of the field, which is where Brett Hundley excels. This is a game Brett Hundley needs to make some plays. He cannot throw for 90 yards and expect to win. Can't. Can't do it. So this needs to be the week. It's his last week. It's his time to show out. Yogi Roth said before before Brett Hundley got a chance to play that he thought Brett Hundley would ball out. He hasn't. You have one last game to do it against a bad passing defense to go ball out. Go do it and go win the game. You can help save Green Bay's season. A two-game win streak? Can't have a five-game win streak without a two-game win streak. They've already got one. Make it two. If you do that, a lot of season left. A lot of season left. You win three games in this stretch. You go three and four, and you keep the Packers' playoff hopes alive. You've done your job, Brett Hundley. So go get it done. Go get it done. And you... Packers fan listening to this, you have to do your part. You have to get it done too. You have to watch on Sunday and you have to stay locked on Packers.